Yeah, in my personal record book, if this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, uh, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. I'm starting a new trend. I'm going to call it the Adams diet. Not the Atkins diet. No, it's the Adams diet. And what you got to do is eat whatever you want and never work out. I've been doing it the last two weeks. I feel free. Might have added a pound or two, but who cares? I'm married. I look good. She don't care if I gain a pound or two. The Adams Diet. Book forthcoming. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. No Brian LaMartina for the first couple of hours of today's show. He's off doing Steelers Nation radio-related work. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check him out on Twitter at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. I love the football season. You got college ball. You got NFL ball. You got takes flying left and right. That is what today's show is going to be. It's a show of a thousand takes. So many things to get to. I don't think there's a purveying number one story, though. Yes, the Steelers tied the Browns. Yes, the Chiefs are coming to town. That will be the theme of today's show. But I've beat the Lev Bell thing into the ground. I've beat the Ben Roethlisberger thing into the ground. Mike Tomlin's being beaten into the ground by people all throughout the country. So... Where's that leave me? Back to Le'Veon Bell. I'm a dork. I have all 22. I'm not a film junkie, but I like to have another look at the Steelers game after I watch on TV or at the stadium just so I can make sure my eyes were telling the truth the first time around. I saw Bell's absence had more of an effect than I originally thought upon further review. Jabril Peppers confirmed it after the game. He said, quote, Connor's a good back and he can do a lot of things, but he doesn't offer everything Le'Veon does in terms of explosive ability, end quote. Jerry Dulac would disagree. He says Le'Veon Bell wasn't an explosive player last year. A lot of people have said Le'Veon Bell not an explosive player because he didn't have a run over 27 yards last year, but I think teams across the league understand that. They understand that Le'Veon Bell's an explosive player, and their defenses are predicated in not allowing him to explode all up on their face. Jarrell Peppers just said as much. If Le'Veon Bell's in the game, the game plan is different. The Browns played a ton of coverage on Sunday. Dale Lally touched on it on the show yesterday. The Browns weren't afraid of James Conner. The Patriots had an extra guy in the box against the Steelers in the AFC Championship game in 2016 until Bell got hurt, and after that, they were content to let the Steelers run on them and take away the big plays from Antonio Brown. Whether you agree or not, other teams perceive Le'Veon Bell to be a game changer. Does Ben Roethlisberger throw three interceptions if Le'Veon Bell's playing? 
Does the defense have an extra defender in the box and make it easier to go downfield if Bell plays? I'd say yes to both questions. We all look at James's performance, and it was a great one. 197 yards, he is the leading rusher in the National Football League, but the impact that Bell makes is beyond statistics. When he's on the field for 90% of the snaps, the defense has to account for him on 90% of the snaps. The defense has to have an extra guy in the box. When he's out on passing plays, you have to have an extra defender. James Conner caught the ball as a check down a number of times in this game, and it's because he was completely uncovered. The Browns were content to let James beat them as long as they limited the production of the Steelers' true game-breaker, Antonio Brown. I'll stick by what I said yesterday. The Steelers should want Bell back by Week 8 at the latest. I'd take him now, but I don't want to have to wait until Week 11 to finally get the guy into game action. He affects the game and changes both the Steelers and the opponent's game plan. If Le'Veon Bell is in the game, Ben Roethlisberger can throw the ball with a little more ease. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't throw in a triple coverage. Ben Roethlisberger feels more comfortable in his checkdown option in Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon becomes more than just a checkdown. James Conner is, as a receiver, only that. He was good. Le'Veon is great. One look at an opposing defense is all it takes to figure that out. 412-922-2874. Le'Veon Bell has been removed from the Steelers' depth chart. Oh, my God, he's gone. He's not there anymore. Shade being thrown by the Steelers. Holy hell. Nah, he just didn't sign the franchise tag, so it's probably overdue. He's not there. Why would we expect him to be on the depth chart? It's not passive aggressiveness for the Steelers. It's nothing. It's a whole lot of nothing. It's a nothing burger. So don't overreact. James Conner just spoke to the media, and he spoke of overreaction. He says the media thought he was throwing shade at Le'Veon Bell when he was celebrating with his offensive lineman. He said, yo, man, I walked in untouched. That doesn't happen as a running back. I was so excited, I went back to celebrate with my dudes. It's not what everyone's making it out to be. I hate when athletes lump all the media in together. I guess I'm lumping all athletes together there, but I hate it when they do that. I never said that. Others around town, I'm sure, haven't said that. There are some who did, and the national media certainly ran with the narrative, but not all of us are that dumb. James Conner scored his first career NFL touchdown. He's happy. He's cheesed. He's grinning from ear to ear. And his boys, his offensive line, they're going to prop him up for it. No harm, no foul. The newsworthy item, though, of his speaking today is that he said he talked to Le'Veon Bell following the game, but he would not disclose the details of said conversation. What the hell do you think Le'Veon Bell's saying to James Conner when he calls him? Oh, good game, Rook. He's not a Rook. Good game, second-year player. Does Le'Veon Bell strike you as the joking type? Hey, man, save some rushing yards for me. I doubt it. I'm sure there was a little congratulations. I'm sure James said, hey, man, when are you going to come back? I'd like to know because I want to keep letting my stock rise. But we'll never find out because James Conner won't tell us because he's an athlete. And we're the media. 
Ben's banged up. Didn't practice today. That's not ex- unexpected. Mike Tomlin touched on it yesterday, saying that Ben Roethlisberger's elbow got hurt. Second to last play of the game. Question is, are we getting close to Josh Dobbs territory? No, probably not. Landry Jones, bring him back? No, probably not. I don't like Ben Roethlisberger not practicing on Wednesdays, though, when he struggles in the game. And I know he's hurt. I know you want to rest that elbow. Last year, every Wednesday was Veteran Wednesday for Ben Roethlisberger. He was not out there on the practice field. When you stink, you got to be out there, I think. And yeah, he took some hits. Yeah, bumps and bruises associated with plays, Mike Tomlin says. But when you stink, go out there and practice so you don't stink so bad the next Sunday. More on the Steelers in a bit. We've got Chris Adamski joining us at 440 today on the Crowley Show. He, of course, from the Trib. Sidney Crosby's a major dork. Do you see this? I put this up on my Twitter account, at underscore Adam Crowley. Crosby signed a note for a kid to get out of school yesterday. By the way, Crosby shouldn't be preaching truancy. Bad life advice, Sid. What are you going to tell him to smoke a blunt next? Okay, no. But when Crosby signed the excuse, his signature looks like an 87. The numerals 8-7. What a huge dork he is. That's why he's so good, though, right? Crosby's obsessed. 8-7-87. He gets paid $8.7 million when he could easily be making more than that. Malkin makes 95 he signs his name in a way that winds up looking like an 8-7. The guy's a loser. He's a dork. It's the only thing he cares about. Hockey and the number 87. But Peyton Manning's a dork. Andrew Luck's a dork. Russell Wilson even, I think, is a dork. I love that Sidney Crosby's kind of a loser. At the championship parade the first time around, Sidney Crosby, while his teammates are pounding Bud Lights, is drinking an Aquafina. Sidney Crosby dumping water down his gullet whilst his teammates are just pounding brews. I want my captain to act that way. I want my captain to not give a rip about anything else other than hockey. Sidney Crosby doesn't. And he's kind of a loser. That is the subject, by the way, of the unsponsored <coughs> Twitter pulp. Crosby's signature looks like an 87. Is that cool or dorky? 86% oh, so close say cool. 14% say dorky. You people who are voting for the cools, I need you to step it up just a little bit more to get that number to 87. Make it 87-13. Crosby bust a nut. Chris Letang says he's in the best shape of his life, or just one million times better than he was last year. I said that Stefan Tuitt was football Jesus. I think you can say the same thing with hockey about Chris Letang. If Stefan Tuitt's an animal, if Stefan Tuitt's a beast, then the Steelers' defense all of a sudden becomes formidable. If he can get after the quarterback and you can play more six, seven defensive back sets, then that helps. If Chris Letang comes back and is 80% of what he used to be, if he comes back and is a facsimile of old Chris Letang, the Penguins go from a team with a questionable defense court to one that might be one of the best in the entire league. Dumoulin's great. Mata's great. Schultz is great. They got dudes. Chris Letang is the key 
He's the anchor. What I want to see, though, is them not playing him 30 minutes a night. Let the defense be more balanced. 412-922-2874. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. Will Graves going to be joining us at 520 today. Tim Ben's going to be joining us at 6. Tom, do you think Sidney Crosby's a dork for signing his name 87? I was going to say you can't look for me to boost that up to 87 because I already voted on the dork category. 86% of the people think that that's normal behavior? People, You can make fun of Sidney Crosby. It's allowed. You don't you have can. to think everything he does is cool. We don't know anything about Sidney Crosby's girlfriend. He's the most famous Canadian in the world right now. I guess Gretzky's still alive. Lemieux's still out there. But eh, Sidney Crosby, one of the top five, right? Uh, we don't know if he's got a girlfriend. We don't know if he dates. We don't know if he watches hockey videos while he touches himself. I assume he does. That takes time to perfect. Signing your name to make it look like an 87. He had to practice that for... It's Sidney Crosby, so it honestly probably took him like about 30 minutes. But still, for him, that's a decent amount of time of practicing his signature to make it look like it's an 87 every time he signs it. When does that start? What, practicing to do that? Yes. I mean, this is it's just now that we're starting to see it. Do you think it's something new? I think there's a lot of questions, and over the course of the show, we're going to ask them and we're going to answer them. I was at the doctor today, and I had to sign all kind of flipping forms, and I signed my name. If Sidney Crosby goes to the doctor and signs his name, does it look like an 87? I think it does. He's got to condition himself to do this every time. Not only is it an 87, he also writes number 87 within the 87. All athletes do that. Ben Roethlisberger, when he signed something bottom, number seven, big bet. Is that overkill? I'm wondering if he puts that on his doctor's forms. I think I can I think I can get behind you, Tom, and I think I can agree that Sidney Crosby signs his name in an 87 on a doctor's form or on a note. But on the doctor's form, I need to know if he actually writes hashtag 87 within it. That's the question. Tom, get him on the show. Get him on the show. Reach out to the Penguins. We must find more. Coming up next, nobody panic, but the Steelers need to stop the bleeding before it starts. I'll explain. Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Wow, wow, is very nice. ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Pirates win. What? They win. No. 4 to 3. They're now 72 and 73. Jamison Tyon now has allowed 3 earned runs or fewer in 19 straight starts. The chase for 500 is on. It's on, baby. I didn't know they were still playing. Is all of Major League Baseball still playing? Yes. I mean, I guess if the Pirates are that they have to I be. guess they have to be. God, I haven't thought about baseball. It has to be at least a month now. I watched that brief 9-11 documentary yesterday where George Bush throws out the first pitch in the World Series between the Yankees and the Diamondbacks. And that made me think about baseball a little bit, how important it was at that time. Right now, though, it's the furthest thing from my mind. 
I forgot what it was like when they were good. When they were good, we cared right now, right? Oh, it was intense. It was amazing. When they were good, September 12th, a couple of years ago, my God, the Pirates and the pennant chase, the Steelers almost didn't matter. Now it's the furthest thing from my mind. And I know Jamison Tyon's pitching well. I know Trevor Williams has been pitching well. I haven't watched a Pirate game in a month. I got to stay current. I got to prioritize my life with my job. And my job is to move the needle. My job is to talk about things people care about. I can't be doing the Buckos right now. Can't be doing it. I imagine that anytime someone talks Bucks on this station, eh, maybe not with Stan, but anytime I talk Bucks, you're turning it off. Why not? You don't care about that right now. You care about the Browns tie. You care about the Kansas City Chiefs coming up. Baseball only matters when you're in it, as far as I'm concerned. Why do you want to watch something 162 times if you're mediocre or bad? And the Pirates aren't bad, but they're mediocre. They're 72 and 73. They are what their record says they are through 140-some-odd games. It doesn't do it for me. Now, playoff baseball will. Playoff baseball gets a little chilly outside. You look at through the crowd, everyone's wearing hoodies with their baseball jerseys over top. You can see your breath a little bit. That's when baseball becomes cool. But September, for a team that's not contending, unless you are a total seam head and you want to see all these young guns up, Jordan Luplo had a nice game today, apparently. Uh, Jacob Stallings had an RBI. Okay. Who cares? I don't. Who cares? Not me. It's irrelevant. Jordan Luplo and Jacob Stallings. The future, Tom. Yes. The future is so bright. Jacob Stallings is bright. How's his dad doing, I wonder? It's, I was just going to say, it's shocking that he's still allowed to play on the team now that his dad got fired. Yeah. I thought that'd be part of it. It's been 573 days since pit basketball in a conference game. Really? It's been a long time. Wow. Yeah. Nobody panic. But the Steelers need to stop the bleeding before it starts here. They tied the Cleveland Browns. I don't want to set off all the alarm bells. I don't want to get y'all riled up. I don't want you to think that the sky is falling in Steelers Nation. But the schedule in the first half of the season is a lot tougher than I originally thought. I keep referencing getting Le'Veon Bell back for the stretch run when you play the Saints and you play the Panthers and you play the Patriots and you get the Jags on the road. But look at what the Steelers have coming up. Just in the next four weeks. The first half's tough, too. Kansas City this weekend ain't going to be easy. Oh, but the Steelers always beat Kansas City. They don't always beat Mahomes. They never see Mahomes. You can always beat Alex Smith. I don't know if you can always beat Pat Mahomes. i got to see it happen before I believe it. That guy's got a rocket arm. Ben Roethlisberger talked today. He was touting Pat Mahomes' arm. He reminds me of a young, spry Ben Roethlisberger. The guy could probably throw the ball 70 yards through the air. I think Tyreek Hill might have been the best player in all of football last year. Last week, pardon me. You got to contend with those guys. Yes, they're coming to Heinz Field. Mike Tomlin's only lost one home opener. That is in the Steelers' favor, but that's a good ball club to put up 38 points last week against another good ball club, the Chargers. That offense is devastating. Travis Kelsey, one of the best in the league. Tyreek Hill, one of the best in the league. And Patrick Mahomes can now make every throw on the football field. And more importantly than that, he's not afraid to make every throw on the football field. Alex Smith was afraid. He could also run a little bit. And in case you didn't know, Steelers had some trouble with that last week. 
They got Monday Night Football in a couple of weeks against the Bucks. I think we all marked that one down as a win back in the day. Now when the schedule comes out, that's going to be a win. They're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to be easy. Ryan Fitzpatrick just threw for 7,000 yards. He went to Harvard. He's brilliant. That's the kind of game the Steelers would lose, right? On the road against a team that you don't expect to be all that good but has some talent. They could beat them. They could spank them down. They blew the Saints out. Final score, not really indicative of the Saints last week. So the next two aren't easy. How about the Ravens? Still looking forward to that one? I'm not. The Ravens put up 37 on the Steelers in Heinz Field last year. Or 38. I think Steelers scored 39. They were a play away from the playoffs last year, and they only got better. And then you get Atlanta the next week, who no pushover. They lost two star defensive players. That's going to hurt, obviously. But that offensive talent, I know that they've struggled in the red zone. It's been well documented. I get it. They're not the same Falcons they were a couple of years ago when they were putting up 33 points a game. I still don't look fondly on the Falcons with excitement if I'm the Steelers when you see Julio Jones walking through the door and Devontae Freeman. They got some dudes. Then you got Cincinnati on the road. You usually do well there. The Escaloser gets turned on. It's Paul Brown Stadium. Hey, you can win there in the playoffs when your quarterback doesn't have an arm and your wide receiver doesn't have a head. But things are a little bit different this year. I think Cincinnati's legit. I said it before the season. I think Baltimore's legit. I think they could both make the playoffs. I don't know if both will, but I think they both can. So while you don't want to make too much, you don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill with the 0-0-1 start, if you tie against the Browns, everything else is on the table. If you don't beat the team that's won once in 33 games coming into the season, once in 32 coming into the season, once in 33 now, I'm not chalking Kansas City up as a win. I'm not chalking Cincinnati or Baltimore up as wins. I'm not chalking Tampa or Atlanta up as wins. And you've now lost a little margin for error, right? If you lose game number two to the Chiefs at home after beating the Browns, you're not happy about it? But at least you think, okay, we might be where we're supposed to be. This schedule is unforgiving for the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger's got to figure it out. Protect the damn football. Or else this could be a season that you'd want to forget that you can't forget real quick. Stop that bleed. Put some pressure on the wound. We're taking on water. Mixed metaphor. The defense looked good in week one. Yeah, they gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter. I know that's not a good look, but one of those drives was a one-play, one-yard drive. The other one, Josh Gordon just went up and mossed Cam Sutton. They look good, but if they don't look good against Kansas City, if they can't have a similar effort against KC, then you start worrying. You expect Ben Roethlisberger to get better. I still think Ben is going to be up and down. I think that's who he is at this point. You're going to need him to be up against a team like KC. You're going to need him to be playing well when you go into Tampa Bay and you've got the greatest quarterback of all time, Ryan Fitzpatrick, looking down the barrel at you. You've got 
to take care of the football. You've got to be at your best on the offensive side because while I think they did play well against the Browns on the defensive side of the ball, I don't expect that to continue to the same level. How could I? 412-922-2874. Nobody panic! Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. As I mentioned to start the show, I'm going to write a book about my new lifestyle. Calling it Adam's Diet. Haven't worked out in two weeks. I'm eating what I want. I had an ice cream sandwich at 10 p.m. last night. Crowley, you want a beer? Hell yeah, I do. It's a Tuesday night. Don't care. Crowley, you want a cookie? Why not? It's 1130 at night. I don't care. I'm coming over to the dark side, Tom. I would just like to say as a subscriber to the Adam's Diet for the past three or four years of my life, I cannot vouch for this method more. It's the best weight management that there is out there. I used to wake up and think, okay, what am I going to talk about on the show? I'll write some notes down when I'm on the treadmill. I'll be thinking about it when I'm doing my insanity. Ah, when I go to the gym and lift some weights, I'll be thinking about it. But the first thing you got to do is you got to go to the gym, and then it pushes everything else back, and you got to figure out the rest of your day around the gym. When can I wake out, work out? You don't work out in the morning. You're like, oh, I got to work out at night. If I don't, I'm going to get fat. Well, now I'm just embracing it. Now I'm just taking it in. Now I'm cool with it. I don't need to work out. I'm going to die anyway. I, I'm, I'm not going to look that terrible if I gain weight. No, I, not at all. No, all my friends hung out with me when I was fat. My wife still hung out with me when I was fat. They're going to do it again, I think. I'm not worried about it. I've never felt more free, Tom. It's the fall, baby. If I add a little extra weight, I'll just put a flannel on. I'll just put on a sweatshirt. No one will know. Animals put on extra weight in the winter months. It's just it's just nat- the natural course of things. We need to stay warmer. I'm a bear. I hibernate. I mean, I'll be out and about, but I'll eat enough that I can survive if I were thrown out in the cold. That'll happen. If my face gets fat, I'll just grow a longer beard. I haven't gotten a haircut in two months either. Maybe I'm just letting everything go. It's like a Mel Gibson in Braveheart. Freedom! But I'm not a weirdo racist douchebag. Coming up next. Chris Adamski's a weirdo racist douchebag. Whoa. Just kidding. He's our friend from the Trib. It's a Crowley show. The Adam Crowley Show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. And the iHeartRadio app. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Raiders have agreed to terms with free agent defensive tackle Clinton McDonald, most recently of the Broncos. That'll fix their pass rushing problem. Not going to miss Khalil Mack if you've got Clinton McDonald. Jesus. Coming up at 5 in 19 minutes here on the Crowley Show, I've got burning NFL questions after week one. If it works, we'll keep doing it. Wednesday of football week, there's never usually as much to talk about as there is on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and Friday. So why not tackle all the burning questions from around the league? I've got a bunch of them. Tom will weigh in on them. You can weigh in on them at 412-922-2874. But one of them has to do with Jay Gruden. This is his brother, John. 
Does he know what year it is? What were they thinking? Ten years, a hundred million dollars for a guy who still tucks his shirt in up to his belly button? That ain't right. I, I thought that tease was still going to work because you were going to work the angle like, he's the real Gruden that's a coach in the NFL now. It's Jay Gruden, he can at least win some ball games out in Washington. Wouldn't you rather have Jay Gruden than John? In, in this current NFL, yes. Yes. John Gruden's all about the veterans, veteran this, veteran that, veteran this, veteran that, until you lose a veteran pass rusher who's one of the best in the league. Well, he didn't want to be here. If he was paid, he would be there. And it's different than the Le'Veon Bell situation, I think, because the Steelers still maintain the entire contract negotiation that they could get something done. And then when they couldn't, they thought, okay, our window is now. We need to win. Let's keep him here at least on the franchise tag. It's not what's going on in Oakland. And boy, oh boy, was their second half a disaster on Monday night. Just a disaster. And John doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. His headset's bigger than any other headset on either sideline. It's as if he brought it from the 1990s. Didn't know how to use it. And that's legitimate, though, right? I think it's probably hard to be out of the game for 10 years and then come back and you can talk in the helmets now? Really? We don't have to run out plays? We don't have to do hand signals? We can, I can tell him what's going on? This is unbelievable. It's a big learning curve for John. Big learning curve for the guy after 10 years. Broadcaster turned NFL coach after being an NFL coach before the broadcaster. Why not Brian Billick? Why not Bill Cowher? Why is it always Gruden can come back, but those guys can't? Why is it that Gruden is the next one, the guy who deserves a $100 million contract when he hasn't been around in 10 years? We'll get to that and more around the NFL. Burning questions coming up at the top of the next hour in 16 minutes on the Crowley Show. First, though, we've got Chris Adamski joining us from the Trib. Adamski, what's up, man? Burning questions. I like it. Hot. Coming hot. They are hot. They are burning. You better bring your oven mitts because you yeah. will get scorched. I need some front tan lotion, and, you know, I don't want to, you know, want to be careful. Nobody wants to get hurt. Sunglasses. Maybe even come in with long sleeves. You don't want to get burnt. I-, I got you. You know what? Burning questions now in 15 minutes on the Crowley Show. Before we get into the Steelers, Adamski, I'm doing a new diet. Okay. And, the, right. and the diet is that I'm not dieting or working out. Do you subscribe to the same diet? There certainly have been times in my life that I have, yes. I, I actually probably a majority of my life that I did, yes. Um, I, I, I am older than you, Adam, and I can tell you that, that you can. I, I wholeheartedly support your new diet and everything it represents. However, there will probably be a point where you're going to have to go to a different sort of diet. Yes, I think now it's one of those things where when it gets out of hand, then I'll diet again. But until then, I'm not doing it. I like eating. I'm going to keep eating. Suck on that. <laughs> Former diet. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've evolved where I, I start. I like eating so much, as many can tell you, that I started working out specifically so I could eat. Like my diet, it, it's gotten progressively better throughout my life, but it's still not great. And I still eat what I want. It's sort of the penance I pay is that I as I do the workout. I work out so that I can eat, not that I'm going to be in tip top shape because I still eat kind of crappily at times. 
That's a good idea. Break even. I like that move. Chris Adamski from the Trib joining us here on the Crowley Show. Adamski, I thought that the Browns game plan didn't really factor James Conner into it all that much. I don't think that they were afraid he was going to beat him. I know Jabril Peppers said something similar to that effect after the game. As good as James Conner was, I still wonder if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't throw three picks if Lev Bell's in there because maybe it's a little bit easier to throw the ball with some of the Cleveland coverage being thrown his way. And also don't forget that the running game throughout that game as both the rain came harder and the Steelers got a lead, whatever you would in theory need the running game more, uh, it, it got worse and worse throughout the game. Great it, point. It sort of peaked early, uh, which I think is a little bit concerning, too. And, I, and you know, I, I, I think we've all, Adam, me and you are among many of learned our lesson to say a bad word about James Conner in, in this town, so I, I'm not going to go that far. Um, and, hey, uh, like I said, he's been much better this year. He's actually starting to convince me that, um, you know, maybe he could be a feature back in the in the league long term. I, I don't know if he won the you know Pro Bowl style, but uh, I'm starting to get to that camp at least. But but again, he's not Le'Veon Bell. I'm just sorry, he's not Le'Veon Bell. And as much as Bell's been part of the Steelers, you know, offensive game plan over the past four or five seasons, when he's been healthy and been you know not suspended and not whatever I don't want to call it a holdout, but you know when he's not doing a contract thing, uh, it's, uh, it's it's going to affect. Uh, a team game plan, for sure. Chris joining us here on the Crowley Show. I was encouraged by the defense's performance on Sunday. I know that there was the 14 points they gave up in the fourth quarter. Obviously not all of that allowed on the defense. And I thought that they only really gave up one drive that was bad over the course of the game, that long, prolonged drive where the Browns ran it on nine consecutive plays. Uh, all that being said, with how much better I feel about the defense, I think we're going to learn a lot more about them this week, no? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I know this is a year, uh, the 131 Browns. I think they'll be better. Um, but, the, A, I don't, you know, their offense is at best, best average. And this Kansas City offense looks like it, it's, it's, it's one of the, could be one of the better, at least most dynamic, one of the more dynamic ones in the league. They might make a lot of mistakes. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. It's kind of fascinating to watch. You know, beyond this week, how uh, how the Chiefs? I think they could be one of those, you know, a high-scoring offense that maybe flips a lot of turnovers. But yeah, it's, I I I, I kind of subscribe to what you said. Uh, I I would be encouraged if I'm a Steeler fan about the defense. Um, but you know, this has been kind of they've got all these sacks. I mean, it's amazing how many sacks they get against the Browns over the years. Um, and, and the, you know, the conditions what they were, and Tyrod Taylor you know, being what he is in terms of the. If, you know, there's a threat of the passing game, and, uh, you know, but you're right. I, I think there were, there were signs. I mean, what, you know, taking a step in year two, chief among them, of course, that sticks out. You know, Edmonds is not really making any, or at least many, I should say, uh, you know, big mistakes in terms of his style. It looked like, you know, he fit in well as a playmaker. Um, those are more, you know, John Bostic, I thought, in terms of, uh, yeah. you know, looking or, you know, not like a journeyman linebacker that, that you might have feared judging by his past and looking like a guy, you know, he's not Ryan Chazier, but at least looking like a representative, you know, inside linebacker that can give you, you know, play, you know, two-thirds of the snap. Adamski joining us here. Chris is his first name on the Crowley Show. Uh, Mr. Adamski, Ben Roethlisberger's elbow, giving him a little bit of trouble. I don't think that's a big deal. What I do is, looking over the last decade, 
The Steelers have been 15th in red zone percentage in terms of scoring touchdowns. They've been 13th in terms of points per game in that time span. Uh, As much as I think Ben Roethlisberger is a great quarterback and a Hall of Famer, I don't think he's an all-time great. You look at the Rodgers of the world and the Breeze of the world, Tom Brady, those guys, they're all in the top five in both categories singly every single year. I don't expect that to get better. So if that's not going to get better and Ben's going to be turnover prone, I think there's a chance he might be more likely to lose you some games than win you some games. Am I overreacting to one game now? Well, I'll say this. I overreacted to what would have been five games. I know the Jacksonville game was the worst game um, last year with Ben. And I don't even know if the Chiefs game was that great for him. I was hoping back last year. I, you know, the bell sticks out to me and some of the defense sticks out to me. I, I don't know if Ben had a great game back. And I, I remember thinking early last season, Ben at 35, is it time to stop assuming that the team has an elite, you know, quarterback and start, you know, freezing me where we're at the beginning. And, and not that they couldn't have won or even win with him at, you know, the 35 Ben and 36 Ben. And, and, but it's just time to look for the decline. Um, but, uh, you know, and then he had, he was very, very good uh, for the, the couple months there down the stretch last season. You know, something without Antonio Brown even. So, uh, in that aspect, yeah, of course it is one game. And and, and, be, and whether or not, I love that the ball exploded now. It's about the, the preseason snaps and how uh, players around the league and offenses around the league that they started poorly because they're not getting preseason snaps. I don't know if that's it or not. I don't think that, it's kind of funny how it popped up to me, but. Um, ben is now, you know, just as two years in a row, a slow start. It's only one week, I know, and we'll see. Maybe getting back to high field always seems to fix them. Uh, maybe the home road splits are maybe more of a concern long term than they are, uh, than worry that he's definitely, definitively, you know, past his prime at this point. I th- and, and go ahead. Let me say this one, too. I, I thought, you know, as much as he gave a quote narrative that Ben was slimmed down and whatever, I, you know, and maybe it was because it was no longer Coach Todd. It was a feature. I don't know. But but he was more, that was about as nimble as I've seen Ben in, in a few years, too, on, on Sunday. Yeah, that's there's no doubt about that. Ben looked a, little, a lot more fleet of foot, and uh, he also threw up some theatrics with his arms in the air when he got pushed out of bounds, which made me cackle a little bit. Uh, my concern is, let's say Ben does play the first eight games like he did last year. Last year, the Steelers... Average 21 points a game in those eight games. It's three touchdowns. That's not good enough, and it's a far cry from what their goal of 30 points per game was. If they don't play well in the first eight games, if he, pardon me, doesn't play well in the first game, eight games this year, I don't think they're going to go six and two like they did last year. I mean, the schedule's a bear. You got Atlanta, you've got the two division opponents coming up. Going on the road to Tampa Bay doesn't exactly look like a cupcake now with Ryan Fitzpatrick playing the way that he is, although that can go either way. I'm worried that if he plays the way he did last year, they're going to be in a bad spot and a tough spot to dig out of. Adamski's so worried he drove off the road. Goodbye, Chris. Really looking forward to hearing what he had to say about Ben Roethlisberger not playing well. I'm worried about that. Thanks to Adamski. We don't need to get him back against the clock here. We've got our burning NFL questions coming up in the next segment. But if Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers' offense score to the tune of 21 points per game in the first eight games this year like they did last year, they're not going 6-2. and two. They're much more likely to go 4-4. Four and four. They're much more likely to be mediocre. And then if they turn things around, they can beat anybody. 
but you'll have Jacksonville and New England and the Chargers to deal with on the back end. Uh, Ben's got to figure this out fast. The offense has to be better than it was in week number one. If not, could be a bad start. Coming up next, it is our burning NFL questions after week one. We've got Will Graves joining us at 520. It's the Crowley Show.